When it comes to who I am, like who Ashley is, the core of who I am, the soul of who I am, the essence of who I am, I'm not afraid of the mirror. And I think the only way you could be self-aware is if you're able to look in the mirror. You have to be able to see yourself, to fight with yourself, to uplift yourself, to believe in yourself, to encourage it. Like you have to be able to do all those things with yourself first before you can do it with anybody else and before you can receive it from anybody. All right, friends, I hope you are well. I am so excited about today's guest. I am a big fan of her work and podcast, Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins. Yes, another Ashley with a lot of names. <laughs> and she's also known as ABFJ. She's an actress, singer, and producer who starred in the critically acclaimed Netflix original series, Dear White People, for four seasons. She is also the host of Trials to Triumphs, which is an interview-style show in the Oprah Winfrey Network. Ashley's personal and professional struggles, along with her gift for just relating and connecting to people from all walks of life, allows Ashley and her notable guests to open up about the trials that led to their many triumphs. In these intimate and revealing conversations, Ashley and her guests unpack moments that remain hidden from the public as guests work to become who they are today. After each each episode, listeners will feel inspired and empowered to keep going no matter where they are in life. So the podcast is essentially no straight path for the entertainment industry. Yes, so that's why I love it. And a force of talent on screen, Ashley brings that same level of passion and energy to her off-screen messages of empowerment, hard work, self-discovery, and acceptance. And Ashley actually mirrors the vulnerability she explores on her show with her guests in this conversation. And I'm just sincerely grateful. We talk about the trials, the triumphs, and the power of sharing our stories. And I just can't wait for you all to hear this conversation. Ashley is a light. So let's get to it. All right, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on No Straight Path. As you know, I'm a big fan. I love everything that you're doing. I love the content you're creating. I love your story. I see so much of myself in you, and I've been wanting to have you on the pod for quite some time. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Also, I love when I'm in the presence of another Ash. So yes. hey, girl, hey. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. We have so many mutual friends who speak so highly of you. And I like to support my sisters. I like to support my fellow podcasters, entrepreneurs. So I'm really excited to have a lovely conversation with you, Ashley. Good. Thank you. Thank you. You are so supportive and so warm. And, you know, it's so interesting because I love the feedback that you give on your podcast. I love the interviews that you have, but I'm always, I always have so many questions about you. Mm. <laughs> and so I'm happy that you're here yeah. <laughs> so we can get into it and we can start from the beginning. So let's start with your childhood. Tell us a little bit about little Ashley about how you grew up, and perhaps how little Ashley is showing up in the work that you're doing today. Oh, that's great, Ashley. Yeah, so I had a wonderful childhood. I'm one of those rare people who grew up in the same house, my childhood home. My parents moved into about a month before I was born, and they were in that house until I was, I think, 22 or 23. 
So, you know, I literally lived in the exact same house my entire life. And I grew up in a beautiful neighborhood and with my mom and my dad and my older sister, who's nine years older than me. And I always had the space to dream. I never was told not to dream. I was never told that a dream was too big. And I look back at being able to grow up in that type of environment now as a 35-year-old adult, and I realize that that's a large part of how I got to where I am today is because, you know, at a time when children are most impressionable, you know, my parents were really encouraging me to lean into all of my gifts that were showing up when I was very young. I think that's the other thing, you know, like who I am now, I've always been, always. You know what I mean? Like loving to connect with people and talk to people and act and sing and dance. Like I've always been, it's not like it happened at some point when I was 16. You know, as soon as I can walk and talk, I've been saying I wanted to do all the things that I'm doing today. So yeah, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area in a town called Gaithersburg, Maryland. And yeah, I just look back at my childhood and I think it was wonderful. It allowed me, it gave me, like I said, the space to become who I was always meant to be. And I really am grateful to my parents and my older sister for being so wonderful and allowing me to do that. Yeah. No, I think that is so wonderful. And what do you think it was about your parents that allowed you to dream? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I think one thing is their generation. My parents are baby boomers. My dad's at almost like the top of the baby boomer generation. He was born in 1946. My mom was born in 1953. So they're of the baby boomer generation. And I feel like their generation they didn't have a lot of choices with what they could do, who they could be, especially being black people. Like it just, you were encouraged to take a more straight and narrow path. My parents have lived very full lives, but I also know that my parents didn't necessarily live their dreams. I think there's Mm. been moments in their lives when they've experienced a dream coming true But I don't know that they had the freedom and the ability to say from a very young age, like I did, I want to be X, Y, and Z, and I can dedicate my entire life to achieving that. And I think because of that, they gave it to me. You know, I think that's legacy. That's being a wonderful parent is affording your children opportunities that you didn't have or affording your children opportunities that you had, but making them even better. And, you know, I remember asking my dad once, this was recently, maybe like, I don't know, a couple of months ago, we were having a conversation. He was saying that he was really proud of me. He's always said he's like just really proud of me and thinks that I'm incredibly brave and strong. And like, he's just really proud of me for like going after what I want, even though there were many seasons where my dad was very afraid for me. Like, maybe you should just be an accountant, like choose something, which is a crazy suggestion because I'm horrible at math. But anywho, just, you know, I think there were times in my life that my dad was like, oh God, I just don't want her to suffer so much disappointment. Like maybe she should pivot. I never did. But anyway, in that conversation, he was just saying he was really proud of me and, you know, for following my dreams. And I was like, dad, like, do you feel like you did that? He was like, I didn't have any dreams. And I thought that was so... Mm. 
it was heartbreaking to me a little bit. It was also very honest. But then those feelings immediately morphed into gratitude because I was like, wow, like this is a man who's very plainly and honestly saying like, I didn't really have any dreams, just kind of was riding the wave of life. And yet he raised this daughter who has so many dreams and is living in so many dreams and is achieving Mm -hmm. so many dreams. He is very proud of that. And I just thought, okay, maybe my dad didn't have the ability to like dream as big as I have, but my God, he created a child who is. And sometimes like that's life. And it's all about having the perspective to see that as beautiful and loving. And like I said, contributing to a beautiful legacy. Yeah. And my mom, I get from my mom, like, you know, my voice, I get from my mom. My mom has a beautiful voice. My mom, I think is really like a performer. I just don't think that she ever, she took a more straight and narrow path. You know, she went to Howard and got a degree in speech pathology and got a really great job at IBM shortly after college and ended up being a leader in the DEI field. And she's been in that field for, I would say, almost 30 years. But I say that to say that my mom, I think she could have been a fabulous performer on stage or, you know, but again, she finds the beauty in having a daughter who's doing that. And sometimes that's how life goes, but I'm just grateful to my parents for their sacrifice. Yeah. That's just a beautiful way of reflecting and when you, and thinking about legacy because everyone's legacy is different. There's this quote that another podcast guest said, and he said, it's not his original quote, but it's, you're a soldier so that your son or daughter can be an architect so that the architect's son or daughter can be a poet. Mm. You know, different generations, you're building on that to provide those opportunities. And it's so wonderful that you've been able to take advantage of that. And I want to know a little bit more about how you were as a child. I know you're saying you're the same as who Mm -hmm. you are now. Is there a particular story or a particular moment where you thought, I want to be an actor? I want to perform? Is there something or was it amalgamation of different things? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, so I went to Montessori school when I was like, I don't know, maybe I guess three and four, I was in Montessori school. And then I went to elementary school at five. I was in first grade at five because my birthday's in December. Anywho, but (laughs) I was in a production at my Montessori school. It's called Franklin Country Day. And I was cast in a production of the Three Billy Goats Gruff. And... I really want to just be like a nice bunny rabbit. Like I just want to be a cute bunny. And I was cast as one of the billy goats. And I was like, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Like they're too mean. I don't like that, whatever. I look back though at that experience. And for me, it was my introduction to feeling connected to characters, feeling connected to like being on stage enjoying the process of being on stage. Like I remember feeling the energy of the room. And I mean, it's an early memory, obviously, but I remember not feeling shy, feeling really like I remember loving the look on my parents' faces, you know, like the light in their eyes. I loved being complimented on my performance. Like I feel like that was when I kind of fell in love with it. You know, before I'm like the kid, before that, you know, I was the kid at 
the play gym and doing gymnastics and stuff like that, like that never did anything for me in the way that being on stage did, using my voice did. And I know that my parents saw that in me as well. And I'm just really grateful that they did something with it. So many people, we all have a lot in us, right? But it takes people to bring that out of you. Like, I don't know that I could have just brought all of this out of myself. I had to have a community, a family who saw so much in me and wanted to help cultivate it. And I just think that a lot of times that's the difference between people being successful and people not being successful. It just takes, sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's a village, it's a community, it's a whole family, whatever. But sometimes it's just that one person. We've all heard those stories of people are just like, one person came up to me and said, they saw that I had the gift of blah, blah, blah. And it completely transformed their lives. So I'm grateful that my people were my parents. Yeah. 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 Me too. I love your parents. They sound incredible. They sound amazing. And you said that they helped you use your voice. You got to have this opportunity to use your voice and you're using it in a really instrumental way through your podcast from trials to triumphs. And I love it. And I just want to know about the origin story. Can you tell us about what birthed this podcast? Yeah. You know, my manager, who's just the best, he called me one day. He always has ideas. And so he called me one day. I was like, hey, I have this idea. I was like, what's up? It's like, I think you should have a podcast. You should start a podcast. And I was like, Mike, who would listen to my podcast? Like, what are you talking about? Also, what is the podcast even about? Like, I just was like, huh? <laughs> I just was like, Mike, like, no. I think this is in, I'm going to say 2018, maybe 2019, but it's one of those years. Okay. And he was like, Ashley, so many people would listen to your podcast. You sound ridiculous, but also that's for you to come up with what it's about. And like, we got off the phone and I was like, what, what do you mean? Like I'm tasked with creating a podcast and, you know, I sat with it for a little bit and, you know, looking back, I realized that again, like what I was just saying about people see things in you, what Mike saw in me, I saw in myself, but I was afraid. I think being an actor too, and you suffer so much rejection. I think at that time in my life, the thought of adding something else to my plate that could potentially be another thing that I'm just getting rejected in, I wasn't interested in it. Initially, it seemed like a daunting task. What helped is that I had to figure out my why. I couldn't just do a podcast. I had to create a podcast that was in direct correlation with my purpose. And so that's what I was sitting with. And ultimately, I came up with the podcast, Trials to Triumphs, which is the podcast that I wanted, is a podcast that I needed. I have always been so inspired by the real journey stories that people have shared with me along my journey. When people have been like, girl, listen, I'm going to keep it a buck or I'm going to be honest about like, this is how it really went. I know this is what it looked like, but behind the scenes, this is what happened. It's always been those stories where I've felt seen and where I have been deeply inspired. And so I thought, 
why not create a podcast where it's all about the journey and it's all about peeling back the curtains of these, you know, people we admire, people that we see that are thriving, you know, their careers are on fire, but peeling back the curtain, peeling back the layers of like how they really got there. Because I think that we, you know, oftentimes we're celebrating the highlight reel. We're celebrating the bookings, the landing on such and such list and receiving such and such award. But like, there's so many things that happen before achieving these big accomplishments. And that's where the lessons are. And so that's where Trials to Triumphs came from, because I know that trials lead to triumphs, but I want to talk about the trials. I don't just want to talk about the triumphs. And once I settled in that that's what I want to do, I feel like this is in alignment with my purpose. This feels like the right why. I had the concept and everything within probably a day. Like it was that fast. And it was a lesson for me too then at that time in my life of if it feels like an arduous task, it's probably because you're not genuinely connected to it. It's not really what you're supposed to be doing. It comes to you easily when you're in the pocket, when it's what you're supposed to be doing. It's not to say that it won't come with hardships, but leaning into it, sinking into it is easy. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's such a great story. Ah, I had no idea. Okay. So I'm curious about a particular trial that you've experienced in your life or career. Yeah, because I'm not sure if I know, I know a few that you might have shared on the show, but yeah, can you share maybe a trial that you've experienced and perhaps the related lesson learned? There's so many. I'm like, what do I choose? Probably the trial that I'm in now, which is, you know, I've been diagnosed with unexplained infertility. and. It's been a trial because I am someone who's very prepared. I like to get ahead of things, right? And I found out that I had fibroids very early on in my 20s. And, you know, thinking ahead, knowing that at some point I wanted to be a mother, but like many, many years down the line, I was like, okay, I started being very mindful of my health and my wellness and specifically like uterine care, like everything pertaining to my uterus. I just became very, you know, I wanted to make sure that my uterus could be in the best position possible for when I got to the point where I wanted to become a mother. And so I embarked on my first fibroid procedure when I was 25 and have had three others since and a host of other issues. And then I was diagnosed with something called a hyperprolactinoma when I was about maybe like 27, which is like a benign brain tumor that's hitting on my pituitary gland that basically is tricking your body into thinking it needs to lactate. Now, if your body is lactating or if you have high prolactin levels, then what that's telling your body is that you don't need a baby. You have one. You have a baby that you're feeding. You don't need another one. So that was another issue that kind of arose. But I felt like by the time I got married in 2021, in September of 2021, I was like, I did it. Like I dedicated kind of like my 20s, and like my early 30s to 
healing myself and like, I should be good now. This was always the goal. Like I'm married now. This is now when we want to start thinking about having kids and I'm good. And I wasn't. And it was over a year of trying and like seemingly doing everything right. And, you know, having to go back to the doctor and she's like, you know, Ashley, I don't really know what the issue is. This is what we would call unexplained infertility. Your fibroids are out. You're healthy. You're, you know, we got your hyperprolactinoma under control with your medication. Like, I don't, you know, Daryl's fine. That's my husband. You know, your husband's fine. You know, we've checked him out. I don't know. It's unexplained infertility. We think it's time for you to pivot. And pivot meant IVF, pivoting to another route to become a mother, to create a family. And it's been a trial. Actually, it keeps coming up. I want to say it was a trial because I actually don't feel like it's a trial anymore. And so I need to honor that. It was a trial because it's not what I planned for. And it felt like I had dedicated almost 10 years to like not being where I ended up anyway. (laughs) You know what I mean? And if I'm honest, not becoming a mother in the way that I wanted to and the way that I saw that it needed to happen. And like just having to go through more stuff, I was like, wait a minute, what? Like needles and this is expensive and like what? Like I just... I just was like, this was not the plan, God. I was like, this just was not the plan. But once it was presented to me, there was something about it. After I felt the feelings that I just said to you, I very quickly was like, but God doesn't make any mistakes. And my prayer to God has always been, I want him to use me. Like, use me up. I want my life to be used for good. And... It was in that moment that I realized, oh, God, I know what you're doing. You need this to be a different type of testimony. This couldn't have been for me that, you know, after a beautiful night of passion that I got pregnant and, you know, was like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm experiencing some breast tenderness. Maybe I take a test. Like, that was my plan. And that is a beautiful journey for those that, where is their journey? My journey had to be something different because I have people I need to touch with my story. And so he's using me. And once I realized that, it's turned into a triumph. We are still in the midst of it. We are not, you know, at the end of the road. But because, like I said earlier, Ashley, because I understand the why, I know why this is happening now. This isn't a punishment. This isn't because Daryl and I did anything wrong. This isn't because there's anything wrong with me. This is because it's bigger than me. And now that I know it's bigger than me, it's like cool and it's exciting. And I'm like fascinated with the process. And I'm so grateful to God that we have the means and the resources to do it. And I'm so grateful that I have a platform and the voice to share it. And I'm so grateful that, you know, injecting myself all the time with needles, which is something if you would have told me that I had to do this a couple of years ago, I would have been like, there's no way I will never be able to do that. The injections are easy breezy. So I've overcome things that I didn't know that I could overcome. Things that I thought were really scary have been incredibly easy and in some ways enjoyable. 
So that has definitely been a huge trial in my life that 1000% has turned into a triumph. And I'm claiming it that it will turn into an even bigger triumph when we do have our baby. But I'm just so grateful that I'm able to sit in it now and say, oh God, I get it. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And thank you for choosing me as a vessel to encourage other people to freeze their eggs or go to a doctor and get a fertility checkup or not be afraid to pivot to IVF when you instinctively know that it's time. If I can encourage even just one person to do it, which actually one of my dearest friends called me and said that I encourage her to, then it was all worth it. It's all been worth it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Ashley, thank you. Sis, I'm like, ah, I'm about to cry. I just think there's so much about that journey that is so beautiful. And one thing that I think is so inspirational is finding the triumph when you're still in it. And I think that is so challenging for a lot of people, but I think that is the thing that is going to lead to inner peace. And even if you don't understand it, I love how you figured out the why. You're like, okay, God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be sharing my testimony. You already have this huge platform. It makes so much sense when you start talking about it and connecting the dots. And this is your why. But sometimes we're in it. And at the moment, we don't understand the why but we still got to trust it. We've still got to know that we are here to learn something. And I've been in so many situations in my life now where I've had to transition to the inner peace. I've had to transition to, I may not even understand why this is happening, but I know it's for a greater reason. I'm going to find the meaning from it eventually, but I'm going to try to keep that inner peace and I'm going to try to be present. I'm going to try to live day by day as opposed to getting so caught up in the future. So caught up in your example would be having the baby right? So caught up in just that, 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 but you're missing so much life. You're missing so much impact. You're missing so much of what you can actually do. And you're not because you've taken that mindset shift. And I just find that so, so powerful. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing your story and your story is very helpful. And I had a friend in a similar position and told me to go take that fertility test. A lot of us don't know we can even go do that with our insurance. Mm. I didn't know that was even an option. And I went in and I was able to do that, you know? And so just that access to information is so important in sharing what we, sharing our experiences. And like we talk about storytelling, how powerful that is, how it changes lives, but it also It changes the lives that we're sharing the stories with, but it is also changing our lives, right? I can see how like even sharing your story and understanding that impact is changing your life and your mindset. And it's beautiful. Thank you, Ashley. And I just appreciate you saying that. You're right. I am celebrating the triumph when I'm already in it. And it's something that I want to apply to other areas of my life. Because when I look back over my IVF journey, I've done this actually pretty seamlessly and like easily. Like it wasn't a fight for me to get to where I am today. It wasn't a fight. It actually, which again, I think is more proof that like I'm in the pocket with this. This was always my path. It wasn't a straight path, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. your podcast, but it's my path. My path is never straight. 
it's always zigzagging and going from A to D to T to X. Like, you know, that's life. But I also have to trust that somehow the dots will always connect and they always have. It's just not always in my timing or in my way. Yeah. Yeah. And you did say something just about all of the different zigzagging and you were an actor, but you have the podcast now too, right? And that is a sort of a pivot as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about just some of the lessons learned that you've learned from interviewing different guests. Is there any particular advice or anything that really stands out to you? I think the thing that consistently stands out to me on my podcast, and this honestly just goes for every single guest, is their willingness to bear it all. I'm so inspired by, yeah, just everyone's willingness to tell the truth, to tell their story, to be honest about their journey, to share things with me oftentimes that they haven't shared with anybody else. And I have been able to, it's taken me some time. I'm now able to do this, I think, in the second season, but really receive when people say it's because of me. It's because of the type of conversation that I'm having with them. It's because I'm disarming myself as well. It's because I'm bearing it all too. You know, at the end of all my episodes, I ask, we talk about our takeaways, but I think that that, you know, overall, when I think about my podcast and what it's done for me, my biggest takeaway is the confirmation of my ability to connect with people and their willingness to connect with me. And I realize that that's as powerful and as special of a gift as like being a talented actress is. They're different, but they're both really special and powerful and transformative. And I can build a career with both. And I'm grateful that I'm able to now like really lean into that because initially, you know, if I'm honest, I was so worried about like what people would think, you know, with me announcing that I have a podcast coming out and not a new show. I just was a television show. You know, I felt like people would be like, why is she doing a podcast? But the truth is everybody was like, of course she's doing a podcast. I was waiting for her to do something like this. And my work now in this season of my life is believing people when they tell me who I know I already am, if that makes sense. I was doubting myself and like scared when everybody else was like, oh my God, duh. But the truth is I knew it was a duh too. I know that I'm good at this. I know that this is a gift of mine. I know that this is part of my purpose. Like I know that. So I'm working in the season of my life to touch and agree more rather than be demure and coy and like, oh no, this whole thing. Like, no, yes, thank you. I received that and I agree. I want to be in agreement with people because I feel like that creates a really powerful energy around you. I think it could be wind beneath your wings to take you to where you're really headed. And I've been experiencing that very much so in the work that I'm doing on my podcast because it's very clearly purpose work. Yeah, yeah. No, I relate to that so much. And I feel like perhaps it's just as women we are taught not to step into or to just kind of recognize and say our gifts out loud mm -hmm. because that can come off arrogant, but really it's coming off self-aware and confident, you know, like that's really what it is. But I do feel like we often have these good. challenges. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. You're very self-aware. Everything you're saying, I think, I think being self-aware is extremely helpful when you're navigating mm. life. I was going to say a no straight path journey, but honestly, life in general, even in very the more traditional so. paths, that self-awareness is extremely important. Do you know how you've been able to build that muscle? Mm. Self-awareness. Ooh. How have I been able to build my self-awareness muscle? Can I say what it might be? One yes, thing I'm please. at least noticing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it might be just the connection. I've noticed you have been so fortunate to have people in your life tell you or remind you of who you are. Mm-hmm. And you've been able to listen to that. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I talk about them all the time. I coined this term destiny advocates, which, you know, I describe as, you know, people who love you, friends, family, whatever community that can remind you of your destiny when you might just be a little too exhausted to do so for yourself and remind you of who you are. And you're right. I am surrounded by destiny advocates who are mirrors for me. And I think Something that's coming up as I've been searching for the answer to your question is that when it comes to who I am, like who Ashley is, the core of who I am, the soul of who I am, the essence of who I am, I'm not afraid of the mirror. And I think the only way you could be self-aware is if you're able to look in the mirror. You have to be able to see yourself, to fight with yourself, to uplift yourself to believe in yourself, to encourage it. Like you have to be able to do all those things with yourself first before you can do it with anybody else and before you can receive it from anybody. And it's funny because I'm not afraid of the mirror when it comes to like the essence of who I am and my soul and all that, but I have struggled with the mirror with aesthetics, like body dysmorphia at times in my life. You know, like I have struggled with it in that way, but even just talking to you about this now, I'm like, but I don't think you're there anymore either, Ashley. I think that's a trial that's turned into a triumph too. Like I think I'm at a space in my life where I'm able to look at myself in the mirror in totality. Mm. And I'm really grateful that even just that question allowed me to pat myself on the back a little bit and say, Ashley, I think you've graduated. You're not there anymore. And that's a blessing. It took me damn near my whole life, I feel like, but I don't think that's who I am anymore. Yeah. I love that. Cheers to growth. Yeah. And I don't get this opportunity. I'm going to switch gears a little bit just because I don't get this opportunity to always interview people I love that I get to see on my favorite shows Mm -hmm. growing up, like Dear White People. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to know, uh, and I just loved your character. I don't know if I I said I love your podcast, but I forgot to tell you. I also just love your work as an actor. Thank you. And I'm just curious, do you have a favorite fun moment in the celebrity life that you live that you'd love to share? Anyone that you've met? Any? I know you're laughing at No, you listen. <laughs> you get to interact with the people that we watch on TV. We watch you on TV. We see the content you're sharing. And, you know, to peel back the layer is just, is there like an interesting, cool moment that you could share with the audience? Well, you know, I'll say this. It happens to me too, right? So like, I met Kelly Rowland on the set of Bad Hair. Well, I had like met her before, like when I was like 23 or something like that, early in LA, and we had like a random picture mm-hmm. together. But like mm-hmm. we met and became acquainted and worked together when we were shooting the movie Bad Hair. And we just really hit it off. And like she's one of the most amazing people to ever 
live. And I remember like, you know, we become friends and she invited me to her birthday party, which was at her home. And I just remember having so much fun with her and we just were really like loose and free and fun and just having the best time. And I remember thinking like, and this is going to sound like crazy, not crazy, but just simple rather. But I remember thinking Mm -hmm. like, I love that this is who she is. Kelly Rowland was always Kelly Rowland of Destiny's Child and the solo Grammy Award winning art. You know, she was always that, like a superstar, which she still is to me. But there was something so beautiful and grounding about like, now she's just my friend. And now we're just at her house celebrating her birthday party. And she's so lovely and so much fun and so down to earth and so beautiful and so kind. And I'm so grateful that she's my friend now and I'm hers. And it just was like a reminder of that's how I want people to feel about me. I want people to, when they meet me, if they don't know me or, if they, you know, they watch the things that I do or listen to my podcast or are supporters of my career that, you know, when they encounter me or, or get to have like a real life moment with me, that they feel the exact same way that I felt about Kelly because it was very refreshing and it was really, I wasn't surprised, definitely wasn't surprised, but it was really refreshing. And I've always told her like, she's such a rare, special human being. And I'm just so grateful to call her my friend. I love that. And I can attest to that. Like you definitely make me feel that way. You are so down to earth, so kind, so warm and welcoming. And so you were doing that. Thank you. I love that goal. I think that's a really beautiful goal and a very deep one that isn't based on kind of external factors. It's more internal which I think is really beautiful and grounded and wise. And you've just shared so much wisdom. And this has been a beautiful conversation. If you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the listeners, I'd love to hear more. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for saying that, Ashley. I've had a blast. You're in the pocket, like I said. You're standing in your purpose. And you know, like I said, I will continue to support you in any way that I can. But I guess a final thought of mine would be... What we were talking about, like the ability to look at yourself in the mirror, I would encourage anyone who's listening that it's important to be able to look at yourself fully in the mirror. And if you're struggling with it, like I have at times, know that it gets better. You just have to keep putting yourself in front of it. And remember that you have to love you the most. It has to come from you. Everything else will be attracted to you based off of that. But it has to start with you. And whoever's listening and needs to hear it, you are lovable. We all are. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share the podcast with friends and family. And my hope is that these stories help you navigate your No Straight Path journey. If this content is adding value to your life, and I hope it is, please take a few minutes out of your day to rate the show and write a review. You can click the link in the show notes to write a review. It helps other listeners find the show, and I just really appreciate it. Have a lovely week, embrace the journey, and remember, you're not alone.